there's really no other way for me to say what this past week has felt like other than to say it has been like a roller coaster ride. There have been so many ups and downs along the way. I can literally say at times this week I have felt more discouraged than I have ever felt, more angry than I have ever felt about what's going on in the United States. And I'm also very mindful of the fact that there is suffering and we're still in the midst of a global pandemic all over the world. And I know it's not just about what's going on uh, here where I find myself. And there have been times when I have felt incredible joy and gratefulness for the for the blessings that are there and at the same time still keeping mindful of the fact that there are people suffering and that there are people that are angry and I I felt this week and I guess what I would say here is that uh, in terms of mindfulness and mindful coping it has really been about being able to really stay on what the Buddha referred to as the middle path, staying in the middle of the road, not getting too far on the side of anger and rage and uh, and frustration, and at the same time, not getting too caught up in despondency and hopelessness and confusion and fear and and worry and anxiety and, and being so caught up in the tentative nature of what is going on not only here, you know, in the U.S., but everywhere, all over the entire world. And I know that there's economic fear and worries all over the world. It's not just where I find myself, where my feet are planted at this moment. And it has been somewhat comforting at times to know in my heart that this is, we all are connected. I know it's easy to say it. It's, it's not always easy to live it. Uh, sometimes, and, and one of my teachers always used to joke about that, that, you know, it's very easy to say we all are one, but at the same time, don't take that, that belongs to me. And so there is, there is that aspect of this that, you know, we, are, we can get very caught up in being individual human beings. We can become very caught up in our own egos and our own identities. And I know I'm talking really big picture today, but this is really where I find myself at the end of a week that has literally been all over the place emotionally. There have been times this week that I wanted to get, and this isn't really about me, but it's, it, it, and I don't want to get too much into the into the details of this, but there have been moments this week where I literally wanted to give up, where I was so unbelievably frustrated, not only with what's going on around me, but what's going on in my own life in particular. Uh, challenges with work, challenges with life, challenges with family, all the things that we all deal with. And none of it is extraordinary. It's just all part of being a human being and part of having relationships and part of having responsibilities. And I say all these things because the most important thing I want to convey as I reflect on the past week and what I have learned this week and and, in a lot of cases what I've relearned. And I'm finding that is happening more and more that throughout this global pandemic, I look at what I have learned, and most of it has been things that I have relearned, things that I thought that I knew already. But as a human being, this is what happens. We, we, we learn originally, and then at some point we forget, and these things get lost, and we relearn, and we get reacquainted with things. And I had a teacher speak to me this week about that is why in life we have troubles and difficulties, and that's why we have suffering. It's not just for the sake of 
of suffering and for the sake of having challenges it is this is this is this is what allows us to grow this is what allows us to evolve this is what allows us to awaken if that is what we're open to and that is what we if that is what we want and in order to awaken and be more enlightened and to be more open and to open our heart we have to choose that we have to uh, I was referring to it the other day to someone that is very dear to me that I was speaking with about how we have to go towards the light. We have to make a choice. These are not things that I have originated within myself. These are things that have been taught to me and that I have sat at the feet of gurus and teachers and learned these things and internalized them. That I have to be willing to, and all individuals have to be willing to turn the light switch on. In other words, I have to be willing, to, and what does this really have to do with mindfulness and mindful coping? I think it has everything to do with it. And that is that I have to be willing, and for me, these practices are part of how I am willing to turn that light on. I, if I want to have light in my life, if I want to have joy, if I want to have meaning, if I want to be here, which is really the point of all this, you know, what is, and there again, that was another teacher that taught me that. And I, it, this week has been a lot of, be, of, of me being reminded from my different teachers and gurus about what this is really all about. What is the big picture? And one of my other teachers reminded me a couple of weeks ago, and I've really been sitting with this and internalizing it, that being here is the point. This is the point of this. What is? What other point is there to being alive than if we're not going to be here? And I know a lot of times it's hard to be here, and a lot of times we don't want to be here. And uh, I really, at the end of the day, know that I, I really am best served and can serve others in the best way if I'm going to choose to be here. And mindfulness practice really for me has been at the core of that. And when, I'm, when I think about what this week has been like and sitting with some of the most difficult emotions that I've experienced and the middle of this week, I had some moments and I don't even know why. And that's the beautiful part about mindfulness practice is that I don't have to get so hung up in the whys of why I think, you know, why are things occurring? And I went through and I'm not even sure why I'm not even sure what caused it. And at some point I realized that there's no need for me to get caught up in trying to figure it out. And that's something that's taken time. I used to always need to know why. I used to always want to know why I was suffering and struggling. What was the cause of this? What could I point my finger at or who could I point my finger at to, to blame for what was causing me difficulties? And at some point, I realized that was all really empty. It really, even though I knew that I, that I got something out of blaming something or someone, it really, in the end, it was completely empty. There was no satisfaction in being able to blame somebody else. And so what I found is that all I can do is look in the mirror. All I can do is really work work with myself and on myself. And that's really the most important thing that I can offer other people. And one of my first guru taught me that many, 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 many years ago. And it has become something that I've realized even at, at 55 years old and having been on this path of, of spiritual practices and growth and I'm certainly not anywhere near the end of this. I have not arrived. I'm not anywhere near arriving. But yet, I'm still here doing the work. And that's really the most important part of what this week was really about, is that I had to be willing to do the hard work of being here now. I had to do the work of being mindful 
on my feet, at times when I felt like I was collapsing in on myself emotionally, at times when I felt like I just could not go on any longer. But those are just thoughts. And, and it was really very healing for me to, in the midst of a moment where I felt like I literally was, you know, collapsing or in or in on myself and around myself emotionally, just folding over and really just found myself, you know, wanting to just to give up. I love this, the phrase, I've heard people say this before. I just want to go home and cry in a pillow. And I was thinking that this week and I admit it, I was thinking it, I was there. And what I realized is the only thing that got me through that was remembering that the only thing that could get me through that, trying to soothe it over with something, trying to distract myself with something else, really was not going to help. What I, what, I, what I knew after years of practice, and it doesn't take years of practice, it just takes a willingness to continue this practice and to trust in it and have faith in our own abilities to be able to stay with things when they're difficult. And what's beautiful about that is, you know, we all have our different ways of connecting with higher power if that's what we choose to do, whatever that looks like, whatever that is for us, uh, or not. And there again, I realize that, that that's something that's very, very individual. And it's really outside of the scope of what I'm speaking about today. But I think part of that is fully inhabiting myself as an individual human being and taking responsibility for my own coping skills and being able to deal with things when they're difficult, when I feel like I can't go on any longer, to realize that I can go on any longer. I can't figure it all out. I can't figure out how I'm going to go on any longer three days from now. I just have to get through this moment. And how do I do that? It's very, very simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. And that is just breathe in and out. Pay attention to my breathing. To do some type of meditative practice to get into a flow state where I'm just here. And my thinking, I, I, let, I let go of my attachment to the thinking mind. And I know that really, if I can let go of my mind, and this is getting possibly a little bit deeper in terms of the, the, uh, the human spiritual experience, but I'm going to go ahead and risk it and say it anyway. If I can, can let go of the attachment to my mind, what am I going to tune into? What I have found is so many Eastern traditions, and of course I realize there are traditions in the West as well, that speak about the heart, connecting with the heart. And while this isn't part of mindfulness practice or mindful coping practice, it really kind of is. It, it both is and isn't. And I know that it is possible to meditate on the heart, to meditate on that heart space. Uh, I, it doesn't have to be the heart, you know, physically, in, you know, in specific physical terms, but it, this could be more along the lines of just that space. And, and this is more kind of talking about things of the spirit. And at the end of the day, I know that I've been able to be more tuned into these things. Not that I'm really going to talk about them much because it's really outside the scope of, of what I'm sharing. Uh, because I'm just one human being. All I can know is my own experience in, the, in that regard. But I know that mindfulness practice has enabled, it's been the springboard that has allowed me to go into those deeper spaces within myself. It's allowed me to be more connected with everything that is and the fact that I'm connected with everything that I, and what I'm finding is that the more I can see myself as part of it all, part of all of us, part of this human collective, part of everything that exists, 
what I find is that I can really be easier and more gentle on myself. I cannot be so carried away with myself as an individual human being, what I need, who I think I am, where I'm going, and be able to really just be in the, that what's referred to as that heart center. So I guess what I would say here is, is that mindfulness practice for me has been that springboard. It's, it has been the springboard for a lot of healing. It's been the springboard for an increased willingness to be more fully human, to be more connected with the heart, and to lead with that, and make not make all of my decisions with my mind, because I have heard recently uh, that it, it, at the end of the day, we our mind will only take us so far. We Yes, there are times when we clearly need to make logical, rational decisions, but sometimes it is about being more intuitive, and that's and, and I realize that's it for everyone to decide. But that's what has gotten me through one of the most difficult weeks in my life emotionally. And what's so strange about this is, it wasn't for any real particular reason. Sure, there were some challenges, there were some things that were not going right, but it wasn't a catastrophe. Everything really, you know, it wasn't like all was lost. But that's where I realize that our my mind has the ability to convince myself really easily that all has been lost that I do want and need to give up, that I can't go on any longer. It all originates in the mind. And by utilizing mindfulness practice, first of all, using a meditative practice to get my mind calm. And then at that point, I can start to really pay attention to those thoughts and be aware of the fact that whatever I think is happening is what I think is happening. It's relative reality. It's not absolute reality. But I like all human beings, it's very easy to get into the habit of believing everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling and believing like that's at the absolute truth. And in a lot of cases, it is not the absolute truth. It is not absolute reality. And we essentially, it's very easy to live our lives through our minds. It's very easy to do because in a lot of ways, especially in the Western world, we're very much attuned to that. It's part of the culture. It's part of the, the value that we put on rational, logical thinking. And I'm not here to question that, and I'm certainly not criticizing it. But it is only one part of the human experience. And what I've found is during times like this, when the stakes are so high, when things do feel so highly emotionally charged, and things really do feel like that we're in a place that we've never been before. I know that's a time when I really, really want to make sure that I am paying it close attention to what I'm thinking about it because it would be very easy for me to get off track and lose the ability to cope and lose the ability to handle my day-to-day responsibilities if I'm completely lost in a loop of overthinking and overreacting to things that are very scary. And they are, and I realize they are real. I know this is not my imagination. The world that we're living in today is, is certainly very tenuous. There's certainly a lot of, of things going on emotionally within the human collective. And I want to really be, I guess what I'd refer to as being on my A game. I want to be able to realize, okay, I'm just thinking these things. It doesn't mean that's really what's happening. And I can be more in touch with what is really happening if I'm not lost somewhere else in my own head thinking that I know what's happening or convincing myself that I know what's happening. 
And it's really all about utilizing this practice. It's all about, and I know it's not fun. And I've had numerous people that I've worked with over the years and that that I've taught mindfulness and mindful coping to that have told me that it's absolutely miserable to sit quietly and pay attention to one's thoughts. And I know this because I have done it for many, many years. And I'm not going to say that it gets easier or harder. It's just each individual has their own path. Each individual has their own experience with this. And what I find is that it, whether it's difficult, whether it's boring, whether it's mundane, whatever it is, I know that I have been willing, the longer I've been willing to do it in spite of being bored. And really what's beautiful about that is I can really work with that. If I am bored, really what's happening is I'm just thinking thoughts that I'm bored. And if I can actually step back a little bit from that and not identify as the person being bored or frustrated with being still and being calm and actually start to just pay attention to these thoughts, I can really get more acquainted with how I do this to myself in my own head. And I can begin to, there it, there ends up being some space that gets opened up. And I'm not saying that we should practice trying to get there. What I found is the more I try to get there, then I'm just the person trying to get there to find that headspace. I'm looking for something. I've got an agenda. I've got an end game. And it just really doesn't work that way, at least in my experiences. And for doing this for almost 30 years, what I found is that, yes, when I started, yes, I, I was really hung up on that. I wanted to get there. I wanted to have that peace of mind. I wanted that headspace. But I do know that the more I let go of the need to get anywhere, the, the more that I let go of needing it to be any certain way other than me just paying attention to my thoughts and not believing them any longer. What ended up happening is once I let go of those expectations and any need for my experience to be any certain way, uh, it has yielded benefits. The practice has allowed me to find that headspace and to discover it. it pro- I probably would even go as far to say that it's found me. I don't think I could really do anything to find it. The more that I searched for it, the more I didn't find it. And that's really what I'm finding is that during these difficult times, the more that I'm trying to find emotions that are pleasant, the more that I'm trying to not feel confused and angry and irritated. And I'm not saying that there aren't reasons to be legitimately angry. There certainly are. That's not the point here. But what I'm finding is, is that the more I can just, you know, allow myself to feel how I feel and that I realize that it's my thoughts about how I feel that are actually leading me astray. It's the thoughts about these emotions, these highly charged emotions. It's the thoughts and my own reactions to them that take place in my mind that actually lead me to a place where I'm suffering needlessly. And what I really find is that if I want to heal from these things... I can't really do that when I'm busy thinking about it all. If I'm thinking about ways to heal, then that's just more thinking. Instead, I want to be able to just be more open to healing. I want to be more open to not being so troubled by these things. And it's there. It's it's within all of us. But it's really just a matter. I can't get there. I can't experience any of that if I'm caught up in my thinking. And that's been the most important thing that I have learned this week that I can't go run away and find the, uh, the joy and the headspace and the feelings of uh, uh, 
of escaping these difficult things that we're finding out in the world. But what I can do is I can continue to practice being more mindful, being more aware, not believing everything that I'm thinking about what I'm feeling. And this joy finds me somehow. And it, and I, and it's not just me. This is, you know, this is available to all of us. It's just that I have really, it's almost been like a happy accident. I didn't know this either. I mean, I, I did these practices for many years trying to get somewhere. I wanted to be the guy that was more mindful. I wanted to not suffer so much. And I wanted to really work with these thoughts but it was when I was able to let go of that and just let these things happen. If they're going to happen, they're going to happen. And if they don't, then I'm going to cope with that as well because what other choice do I really have? And I know that by being more mindful, I can cope with the fact that maybe I'm, you know, I'm not going to feel the way I hope to feel. And at some point, I will let go of the need to feel any certain way. And this is one of the most important lessons that I've learned as I wrap this up this morning is that there are numerous Eastern traditions that I, that I have learned an incredibly important lesson, and that is that I am capable, and we all are. This isn't just me. You know, we're all human. We're all capable of finding joy, experiencing peace, having meaning in our lives, doing work that's meaningful, having relationships that feed us, regardless of how we, we feel. And that's been a tough one for me to really get more comfortable with understanding. And I can't really understand it rationally. It's more of an intuitive knowing. And I just want to be open to that, that I really can lead a life that I can find some joy and meaning and some peace in and have some energy to live life regardless of how I feel. And the only way that I've been able to let go of that attachment of needing to feel a certain way has been practicing mindfulness. And that's led ultimately to what I refer to as mindful coping practice. And really all that the difference is is that mindful coping is really just mindfulness practice that we do, that we engage in while we're on our feet, out in the middle of life, while the full catastrophe is happening, while everything is difficult. And it's something that it can't, I've, I've found over and over and over again that it can be done even when it's difficult, even when I don't want to. And a lot of times the fact that I don't want to is an indication to me that that is the most important time to do this because that's what I'm trying to really, what I'm finding is I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm hung up on perpetuating negative mind states and I'm attached to these negative thoughts because it's easier to hang on to them and perpetuate them than it is to let go of them and realize I don't have to be identified. I don't have to believe this anymore. And there is something beautiful on the other side of that. I just, the hardest part is being willing to do this work and engage in this practice and let it happen on its own when it, if and when it's supposed to happen.